0: Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Pro-Life Prime Time. You know, 30 years I've been heading Priests for Life and 47 years I've been in the pro-life movement. And the greatest joy, aside from, of course, serving the Lord and seeing the lives that he saves through us and the hearts that he heals, is to interact with and be encouraged by other pro-life leaders and organizations. If you know our history, you know that the first thing I did after becoming director of Priest for Life was to go out and meet with all the other pro-life leaders across America. And one of the people I met early on is the person I interviewed for today's program, Tom Brecka, who is going to be honored in New York City by our friends at the Human Life Foundation who published the Human Life Review, and they have a great defender of life annual banquet. I've been there and uh, Tom Brecca is going to be honored there this time. And I want to introduce him to you if you're not aware of him already. You know, scripture in Romans 13:7 says, give honor to whom honor is due. And one of the things we do in this great movement is that we give honor to the great leaders, those who have helped advance the ball down the court and uh, get things done for the Lord and for his kingdom. Tom is one of those honored in the great book, Legacy of Life, honoring 50 pro-life leaders of the last 50 years. I'm privileged to be in that book as well. And uh, he's in there for the same reasons that he's being honored by Human Life Review. And that is that he has advanced the legal defense of the pro-life movement. So I wanna pray here now, tell you a little bit more about Tom and then let you see our interview. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, you raise up leaders, you raise up prophets, you raise up defenders of life in every generation to bear witness to the rights of our youngest and smallest brothers and sisters. Lord God, you also allow us to use the legal system to defend those rights. And we thank you for the leaders that we honor today. We thank you for Tom and so many other pro-life attorneys and so many other organizations. We ask you today that we may all understand the history of our movement, that we may all learn more about those that we should honor, and above all, Lord, that their example will help to give us perseverance. Your gift, your grace to continue fighting against whatever odds there might be knowing that in you we have already secured the victory the victory for life bless us as we honor one another in your name we pray through jesus christ our lord amen so the thomas moore society is the public interest law firm that tom brecca founded and leads he is chief counsel There are many other great pro-life attorneys working with him, including our friend Peter Breen, whom we've also uh, uh, interviewed on these programs. But Tom has been heading up this effort since 1997. I actually met him four years before that, when in 1993, Joe Scheidler invited me to come up to uh, Chicago and gathered me together with uh, other pro-life leaders there as I was just starting my national work with Priests for Life. But uh, just as significantly in that same year, that December, we had uh, the first oral arguments at the U.S. Supreme Court in the now versus Scheidler case, which Tom will tell us a whole lot more about in this interview. And uh, and I was with them on that occasion. Tom has defended many uh, well-known pro-life activists. He helps our friends at 40 Days for Life, and he talks about some of the others during our interview that he has also helped. And this encourages our entire movement. It's not just about the defense of one particular person. In defending those rights, uh, uh, he, he uh, defends the rights for all of us and, and gets some, some important precedents in um, place in the court system that will help all the rest of us going forward. So it's a moral encouragement. It's also a legal Uh, framework of defense that we're all able to use. So we'll hear from Tom, also to be honored on October 12th in New York City at this uh, Human Life Review event is George McKenna, he's a professor emeritus of political science at the City University of New York and I want to thank George for his work. Uh, I know George but not as well as I know Tom. Uh, but I thank them both and uh, and all those who have been honored uh, at this annual event. So let's listen now to the interview I recently did with Tom Brecca of the Thomas Moore Society. Well, hello, Tom Brecca. It is great to have you with us today on our program. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time
1: to speak with our audience. Well, thank you, Father. Good to be with you again. And I appreciate your invitation indeed. Well, we,
0: we wanted to have you on. Of course, it's always appropriate to uh, to have you on to talk about the pro-life movement and, and, and especially in its legal battles and its legal victories. Um, but in particular, we wanted to have you on today because you're going to receive a well-deserved honor uh, in New York City. And we'll talk about that in a moment, too. I wanted to highlight that for our audience. Uh, but before we do any of that, uh, let's turn together to the Lord in prayer. I thought that Psalm 35... Had some appropriate themes to uh to what we're going to uh to discuss so let's uh let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen contend O lord with those who contend with me fight against those who fight against me take hold of shield and buckler and rise for my help draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers say to my soul i am your salvation Let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek my life. Let them be turned back and disappointed who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them away. Let their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Let them be put to shame and disappointed altogether who rejoice at my calamity. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify themselves against me. Let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Amen. Amen. Well, I chose that, that psalm, uh, Tom, because um, you have been involved in some of the most important legal battles in the pro-life movement. And uh, we have been, I've been privileged to be side by side with you. In fact, I wanted to start off with uh, this memory. Um, It was the Feast feast of the Immaculate Conception, 1993. Um, You and I were together uh, and we had mass. We had an early morning mass
1: uh, at the Tron. You remember that, right? Oh, I do very much, yes. (laughs) And tell us what that (laughs) day was. Well, that was the day of our first argument before the U.S. Supreme Court uh, and the, you know, the case that uh, really launched me into the pro-life battle, uh, the NOW versus uh, Joseph Scheidler. And I I was honored to represent Joe and co-defendants, his pro-life action league based in Chicago, and uh, two helpers, Tim Murphy and, uh, uh, you know, Brother Schoberg. Uh, And, uh, you know, my goodness, now the case started in 1986, Father. So by 1993, it had been, uh, we thought at the time, (laughs) a very uh, long-winded case all of seven years. And, uh, you know, as, of course, you and many of your listeners may know, it went on for quite a few more years and two more trips to the Supreme Court uh, lasted 28 years in all. Uh, Now we lost that Supreme Court argument. We had won in the courts below. So here we thought that December 8th, uh, you know, what a wonderful date on which to argue uh, for the life of infants and defending those who Uh, you know, like Joe Scheider and co-defendants was trying to uh, defend uh, their lives against the onslaught of the abortionists. And yet, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the wrong issues were argued. It was a mistake. We learned from that mistake. We lost uh, unanimously, nine to nothing. Uh, The court came crashing down with that terrible news uh, just uh, a month later, the middle of January 1994. And uh, those were tough, tough years thereafter. It was very tough sledding. It hadn't been a breeze before either, but uh, after we lost so uh, decisively, and, and they, they held it was, uh, Supreme Court uh, had a good basis for ruling against us. They said that you can have a uh, it, it was a racketeering case, You remember Rico, yes. Same one now uh, they're trying to use against uh, former President Trump, and uh, you know we said, well, it, can't, it wasn't economic; it was a moral protest. How could it be uh, uh, racketeering? Whoever heard of a racket uh, that was for nothing, no money? Uh, well, they held that there could be corruption. Uh, Uh, you know, in government offices that uh, didn't involve uh, trying to get money. I see. uh, So, you know, but we survived. And, uh, you know, not to prolong the negative part of it, uh, we went to a big trial in 1998. We had uh, great witnesses. We brought in Norma McCorvey, uh, whom you had led to the Catholic Church. Right. Right. Sandra Kano and, you know, uh, the Doe of Doe v. Bolton, the companion case to Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Uh, Henry Hyde, uh, Dr. Jack Wilkie. We had Father Hesburgh of Notre Dame agreed to be a witness. When the time came, he was unable to come to court. But, you know, we had a real uh, glittering array of witnesses who were ready to testify to Joe's high character and to the peaceful character of pro life protests.
0: Yeah, and And that's very much what was that issue, wasn't it, Tom? That, In other words, Joe, of course, whom I also was privileged to know. In fact, one of my first trips, uh, when all this started up at the Supreme Court, I was just starting out my full-time work with Priests for Life, and one of the first trips yes. I made was actually to Joe's office, as you might recall. And he brought together pro-life leaders from across Illinois, and we really—it was a really great blessing there at the start of yes. uh, of that, of the work. But yes. Joe, you know, I mean, he taught us. Peaceful pro-life activism, right? Showing up at these abortion businesses. And we know that, you know, that peaceful witness closes business. And wasn't that the crux of what the other side was so angry about? That we were, in fact, taking away business from them, but uh, not in some kind of racketeering way, just simply by the fact that these moms chose
1: life when they saw what this was all about. Well, that's true. Uh, You know, Joe... (laughs) he had a background in public relations. So he taught a lot of us, uh, you know, church going pro-life folks uh, who prayed uh, for the end of abortion. He said, "Well, you have to do more than pray. Yes. It's a spiritual battle, but you've got to get your message out and reach the people, uh, who are, you know, remote from, uh, church and, uh, you know, tell them that this is a life or death decision. These are your children. And, uh, so Joe really inspired people going out and doing what we call sidewalk counseling. You know, he wrote a book, 99 Ways to Stop Abortion. And, right. Uh, and the 99 ways included things like writing your congressman, <laughs> writing letters to the editor. But chapter one was sidewalk counseling, going to the killing center and bearing peaceful witness to the sanctity of life and urging mothers and those accompanying them to please uh, you know, do not uh, take your child to be killed, uh, but uh, life is beautiful. Please save your your baby's life. The, now, the crux of it was the young uh, minister, an evangelical minister from Binghamton, New York. Uh, Joe inspired Randall Terry. Yes. Uh, to uh, become active himself in an, in a more forthright. Uh, assertive way. And uh, Terry uh, then came up with the idea of Operation Rescue. And uh, Operation Rescue, as many of your listeners will remember, involved mass uh, demonstrations of as many as 100, 200 or more uh, folks sitting down uh, uh, following the lesson of Dr. Martin Luther King. It was a a sit-in, but not inside a lunch counter to protest segregation, but to block access to the killing center and to do so peacefully. The other side claimed that was extortion. And that's what racketeering is all about. Uh, Extortion, one of the trademark uh, tactics of gangsters and racketeers is to obtain property from someone by force, threat, or violence And of course there was no violence, but they said, well, this is force. And yes, they weren't trying to acquire anything in the way of money or value from the abortion uh, folks, uh, but they were costing them money. Right, right. And that's what the Supreme Court uh, addressed and resolved in our favor. They said, well, these people aren't trying to acquire any property, they may be costing uh, some business to the clinics. But really, this is a moral protest. Uh, this is not extortion. You know, uh, Tom,
0: That's as you, you as you well recall, it was while this case was progressing through the court, uh, in fact, it was prior to the trial, it was between the first uh, round at the Supreme Court and the trial that Bernard Nathanson converted uh, yes. to Catholicism. And uh, the reason I bring that up is that this this man who most know is uh, one of the architects of the abortion industry in America. Yes, yes. He relates in his book, The Hand of God, that it was looking at these rescuers. He, he went to a rescue one, one day and, and seeing these rescuers, He was captivated by the fact that there seemed to be a force there, an energy, something spiritual beyond what he could account for that was making these people put their lives on the line, sacrifice themselves. You know, it's so ironic how the other side comes after us and they say, you're trying to extort, you're trying to get this and grab that and take this and take that. And it's like, meanwhile, the reality is the pro-life people are nothing but self-giving. They are offering uh, their time yeah. their 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 reputations and their freedom their and liberty. i mean that's where you were right in the middle of that
1: uh yes we were Father. that dynamic you know and the honor that they want to bestow on me uh, you know <laughs> i i was simply the defender of these folks who put their own liberty and freedom on the line and yes,
0: uh, yes. you know one of our
1: current clients uh you know and her associates are now in the uh, in jail in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, because yes. of, uh, you know, uh, the modern counterpart to the old rescue. Uh, they wanted to do, to show people how deeply uh, felt uh, the lives of the infants at risk uh, in abortion uh, was to them, and therefore they blocked access. They did so peacefully, at least week contend they were peaceful. Uh, the Biden administration said, well, no, no, that's that's force. Well, it's, you know, what Gandhi, the Indian, West, East Indian, revolutionary leader called it uh, soul force, uh, you know, conscience force. It's, it's not physical force. And, right. And they were convicted in federal court just a couple of weeks ago and Yes. Hoping yes. to win uh, relief for them on appeal, but uh, you know, generally the rescue movement ran into the what they call the face law, freedom of access to clinic entrances, and that law we think is now unconstitutional, because thank God Dobbs uh, overturned Roe v. Wade. Right. And that that uh, face statute was intended to implement. Uh, and protect the, quote, liberty, constitutional right to abort your children. Uh, no more. There is no more constitutional right to kill your children in this country. Thank God. And what a shame and tragedy that uh, it lasted for almost 50 years. And yes, now it, it goes on in New York and California and other Deep blue states, Illinois, right here, and a killing center for the Midwest. So we're doing our best to help those now who are fighting to, uh, you know, get these state laws uh, on abortion overturned as well, and
0: uh, exactly.
1: reach exactly. the hearts and minds of all good people all over the country. So you know, the battle is only beginning. <laughs> Here we it's go. just,
0: it's it's always just beginning. Yes. Uh, well, that victory over Roe v. Wade, of course, when that day came, I was thinking of Joe Scheidler and, uh, and wow. so many others, Nellie Gray, and so many that you and I knew over the years yes. and worked with that, oh, uh, you know, that they, they, they laid the groundwork for this and um, did they ever. Yes. Wow. Wow. It was, a, it was a very Henry Hyde, where. who
1: uh, yes. talked about when he went to heaven and he, I'm sure he's there now. <laughs> Said he hoped to be greeted by choirs of angels of all the hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of infants who lost their lives through abortion.
0: Unbelievable. And I remember the day of the victory celebration. As you said, this case went not once, not twice, but three times to the Supreme Court. And then we had a... We had a big victory celebration with Joe and with the whole Pro-Life Action League and yourself. I remember I can still see the balloons that we set up there in in the little plaza there in Chicago, I guess, where we had the celebration.
1: Well, it certainly was a victory. And thank you, Father, for helping us celebrate it. And uh, Much of what you have done and said over the years inspired, kept us going, you know, and... uh it's a spirit, not just a legal battle or a political right. battle. It's very much a spiritual battle, and you've been one of the great uh, spiritual leaders of our entire movement. For which,
0: well, we well, will thank be you. And, grateful uh, to you. Thank you, Tom. And and let's talk about this award that that you're going to get. So, our friends at... Uh, At Human Life Foundation, who published the Human Life Review, really a great publication for many, many years. I've been privileged to write for it and uh, many, many others have as well. Uh, They're going to have their great Defender of Life dinner that they have every year in New York City coming up on the 12th of October. Tell us uh, about... about how that, that, uh, that honor came about. You're going to be uh, there that night, and uh, tell us about
1: that. Well, I hope I'll be there, God willing. Uh, it'll be the day after my 80th birthday coming up on October 11th. So, wow. Uh, yeah, we like to think, uh, what do they say, 80 is the new 60. Yes. <laughs> is the new 40. Uh, I've had my share of medical problems, but I've survived them so far. And how did it come about? Well, it came about because of people like Joe Scheidler and those we've defended uh, over the years, Tim Murphy, uh, Andy I, Lauren Handy, the lady who's now uh, sadly in in jail. I hope we can win for her an appeal. I hope the FACE Act is going to be, we've got people in Congress trying to overturn it now. Uh, Her case did call attention to the injustice of this law. Uh, but how many others we've defended over so many years? Uh, those are the heroes, you know, we're, we're the, <laughs> what do they call lawyers, the mouthpieces. Well, you know, I've been uh, rather mouthy, I guess, for uh, too, too many years. And uh, and then, of course, we were, uh, an- another honor bestowed on me was right after, uh the Dobbs case came down. Uh, our friends from Antifa, fifty or so of them, with masks and black suits, came uh, to our home in Evanston, Illinois, and threw paint bombs at our house. Oh no! I think that 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 uh, probably drew some attention. Not the kind uh, we don't we don't, don't want to uh, provoke any more of it. But you know, I, I they they. I've just uh, had a longevity. Really, we've had a lot of victories, uh, but uh, I I know very well that uh, as I say, it's a spiritual battle. So, uh, you know, I think what we've done most over the years is persist. Yes, uh, I like to say uh, persist uh, like a pile driver. You know, keep keep going. I I believe in aggressive uh, tactics, aggressive wiring. Uh, We've had lots of defeats, but the one thing we'll always do is engage uh, the enemy, and I know we're good Catholics and Christians, so we love them, but, uh, you know, these are, what they stand for is something that we just can't uh, let continue in this country. It uh, betrays our foundational commitment to Uh, what the creator endowed, and that is uh, the inalienable rights to life, primarily life, then liberty, then pursuit of happiness. And here we are uh, killing, what, 60-some million of our next generation. And the Constitution itself says it's not only for us, but for our posterity. Right. right. Yeah, the posterity. And here we're, we're eliminating them, erasing them, and doing so in a, brutal, inhumane, barbaric way. Partial birth abortion. Uh, supposedly, that's gone now, but we know that it's going on. Yes. Uh, you know, our client, uh, David Daleiden, uh the undercover reporter who, hard to believe it was eight years ago that his videos uh, surfaced and were published online. And yes. they came back at him. Uh, they sued him civilly. Uh, for a nationwide gag order. The judge gave it to him. Uh, They sued him for damages. And uh, my gosh, they assessed $17 million against him. And then they indicted him. Uh, 15 felonies. Now, I'm brimming with optimism. And (laughs) because this very day, the Supreme Court was uh, considering whether to hear David's two civil appeals. And oh, wow. Uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, the Supreme Court will hear those appeals and uh, do justice to this, uh, you know, pro life hero. And uh, his criminal case is coming up for trial uh, November the 3rd. It may be put off again. We don't know. Our, his co defendant uh, had a hip replacement that didn't turn out well. She, they may drop her as a defendant, but we need her as a witness, uh, you know, even if the other side drops her. And frankly, I don't think they will. They're out for blood. And uh, so this is all coming to a climax uh, right now at this time in, you know, 2023, the year of our Lord. And uh, I think we're going to win and you know it's about time these cases have been pending what eight years criminal case for seven years and uh that's not as much as the 28 years it took to win scheider's case decisively but uh we're well on our way i hope Uh, i'm just brimming with optimism Uh, i'm a man of faith and uh and hope and uh I think justice is going to be done i i we have a big battle ahead of us 50 state battlegrounds now plus arguing for personhood before the congress Uh, so our challenges are greater now than they've been before but our opportunities now are greater we're nearer to preserving life as i think we Are put on this earth to to do each of them. We are.
0: It is a greater opportunity because now, as you know, the court has taken away a tremendous obstacle. You know this uh, this idea that there's a constitutional right to abortion. Once that's out of the way, then we can present the case on its merits and and all this. all this evidence and all the arguments that we have, and the science and so forth, actually end up having more of an impact on the law. You know, as as we've been talking, the other final point I want to make here is is, and I and I think that this is in the minds and hearts of those who will be honoring you in New York uh, in, in a few weeks. And that is that, as you said, you're you're a person of faith, and you have to be when you're in this battle, and and you're persevered. The perseverance, the patience. I mean, these are virtues. And you've exercised that. So I think this manifestation of, and it's a very biblical theme, that we keep fighting and and, and and no matter what the winds and waves are against us, we keep going confident in a power higher than any of us who, uh, and we know we're on his side. But there's another dimension of this I wanted to bring out because your perseverance in, in doing the work that you've done legally to represent so many heroes and heroines of the movement shows a trust, not only in God, it shows a trust in our American system of constitutional governance. You have an understanding of the Constitution, and, you know, those I have found, those that really do understand the Constitution, also are inspired by a certain confidence. I know that that I am. I've often pointed out that the fact that we've turned the corner now and rejected Roe v. Wade, and done so in a relatively peaceful way in America— shows really the resilience. I mean, it first of all shows God's faithfulness, but it shows the resilience of our American form of government. And, um, you know, you have to have a a deep understanding of the Constitution and a sense that our founders were given a tremendous gift of wisdom. I mean, when they crafted this document, uh, they crafted something that, well, we're the only country uh, around right now who's still operating under its original Constitution. That says a lot, doesn't it? And 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 speak to us about that confidence that you have in the enduring uh, uh, wisdom and power of the Constitution.
1: Well, I, let me tell you, Father, I, in candor, there were mo- many moments where my confidence was uh, put to the test. Uh, you know, when we lost nine to nothing after winning in the lower courts, I thought, oh, my heavens. And that was that December 9th day that you reminded us about, uh, you know, but then we did. We we persevered because, frankly, I mean, we were, you know, they say that uh, the, the best gift uh, for a salesperson is having a good product. Well, I don't mean to put it in crass terms as if we're selling, uh, you know, Commercial products here, but my gosh, the idea that life is sacred. Uh, look at any infant, uh, and how could you think otherwise? And now, you know, we have a window to the womb through ultrasound imagery. And my own grandchildren, I saw uh, uh, the two moms uh, would send us uh, photographs of the ultrasound imagery. Uh, you know, uh, what, two months, three months, four months, five months through the pregnancy. And there was our son or daughter and uh, I should say grandson (laughs) or granddaughter. Uh, You know, so the technology now is that you can't uh, hide the truth. You can't say these are blobs of tissue. No, and you know, the developments keep coming apace. And I think the Daleiden appeals, I think the court is going to take them And that's going to bring back memories of what's on those videos. They were horrible. Uh, One of them eating uh, lunch at a fancy Los Angeles restaurant uh, and drinking wine and talking about you have to crush above or crush below so you get a a more commercially valuable uh, fetus, fetal remains. you hate to talk about this, but we, right. we have to because we have right. to get that message across to people that this is barbarism. Yes, uh, This is not something that's abstract. Uh, we're not arguing about a political election. We're arguing about life and death. And uh, so, yes, we knew, uh, I mean, you know, uh, it, the obvious. <laughs> this is not something that America is going to let happen. Uh, unless we completely betray our foundational commitments. And uh, sure enough, you know, the best thing that ever happened to us was what people feared, which was the trial. It actually was going to go to trial. And I remember going to the courthouse in Chicago that day, and it was a buzz with uh, media uh, galore. Suddenly they wanted to, let the people know about how they were going to take these agitators. Uh, Scheidler and Randall Cherry had settled the case before the trial. So Operation Rescue was uh, our co-defendant, just the organization, not Randy, but uh, they wanted to know. They put microphones in front of us. They put us on camera and, you know, suddenly people learned that, wait a minute, th- these people are not terrorists. They had nothing to do with shootings of abortion doctors. They were putting their lives on the line for the sake of these unborn infants whose lives were at risk. And, uh, well, we lost the trial. But, boy, we made a big impact, I, I think, in retrospect, certainly. And we lost on appeal. Uh, and, uh, but the Supreme Court took the case a second time. The odds were so much against us. You know, it's a hundred to one that they won't hear a case the first time. And this was the right, second time. Right, right. And we won decisively. And then in the lower court, they tried to overturn the Supreme Court. And I yeah. tell that to people and they think, well, he's whistly Dixie. No, no, they did. And the judge uh, who was the key person there, uh, it was written later by Jeffrey Tubin, a CNN commentator, wrote a book that uh, that judge was Obama's first pick for his nomination to the Supreme Court. But because of something that happened in a, 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 an abortion case in Chicago, uh, he instead picked uh, Sotomayor, who then uh-huh. was nominated and, and, uh, and now sits on the high court. Isn't that interesting? And then they, uh, so he had to appeal a third time. <laughs> and this is sheer miracle. Uh, the court took the case a third time. And by then, uh, their legal theory was torn to shreds, really. And even the AFL-CIO joined us as a friend of the court in support of the pro-life movement. Wow. Uh, you know, um, miracles, my gosh, the miracles abounded during these 28 years. Uh, I, I had permission to read to the jury from Dr. King's letter from Birmingham Jail. Yes. Uh, peaceable, nonviolent direct action. Well, I got to court that morning, morning of the final argument. I reached in my pocket and, oh my God, I forgot to bring it with me that morning. Sitting across the council table from me was a guest that morning, a famous pro-life activist and rescuer from California named Jeff White. Ah, yes. I said to Jeff, I said, Jeff, I can you believe I got permission to read from the Dr. King's letter and I forgot to bring it. Well, he looked at me and he smiled. I thought, "Why is he smiling?" He said, "Here, I carry a copy with me every day." And he handed it to me. Look at that! How do you explain that? Uh, <laughs> sheer sheer coincidence. In a spiritual battle about life and death, well, I think there there was a higher power at work that day, and of course, that power sustained us. And we're still riding high uh, on that uh, wave of spiritual power. And again, yes. thanks to you and others who, you know, uh, generate help us uh, find that that power and that reinforcement. And well, I this hope this remains Lauren Handy. Well, she sits in jail and hopes for the best.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we pray for them and we'll continue to speak and advocate for them as well. Well, this has been a delightful conversation because, you know, uh, Tom, what it shows is that your legal work has done what St. Paul says we have to do against the works of darkness. He says, have no part in them in Ephesians 5.11, but rather expose them. And, and as yes. you've described, you know, the legal work is also a work of exposing shedding light for the whole American public, for the whole pro-life movement, for the whole world. And then what it also does is, and this we want to thank you for, and as you receive this award from the Human Life Foundation, uh, this too, I think, is on the minds and hearts of many pro-life leaders, that this work has just given boldness and confidence to so many people who want to follow Joe Scheidler's example, who want to yes. follow Randall Terry's example, who want to get out there and do something to save these babies and expose this evil of abortion. Uh, the legal work helps us to be bold. And so we thank you for that on behalf of everybody in our movement. And I'm just so happy to be able to share some of this uh, today with our audience and to congratulate you and to thank you and to look forward to many, many more times together defending uh, the unborn. Thank you, Tom.
1: Well, thank you, Father, and thank you indeed. This has
0: been great. Well, friends, uh, God bless you. Ch- uh, check out the work that uh, we will give you information here on the screen about Tom's uh, 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 continuing, ongoing work uh, for the pro life cause. And uh, we thank all of you for your involvement as well. Let us continue to bear witness to life. Well, it was delightful to be able to uh, talk to Tom and to get these, uh, these um, reminiscences and these arguments uh, that he makes in the legal system uh, here in this program for you to understand and for you to appreciate. So uh, we're very, very grateful uh, to him. Let's turn back to the Lord in prayer for his ongoing work and for all of us. Uh, Father, uh, thank you for uh, all that you give us Uh, in this great movement and continue to uh, move us forward in your name. Uh, Bless uh, Tom and all those pro-life attorneys who are working hard uh, to preserve all that we have done in this movement and all that we need to do uh, in the future. We thank you, Lord God, and we ask for your blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, friends. Please spread the word about our programs and uh, we'll bring you more wonderful guests like Tom and uh, more updates about what's going on in the pro-life movement as we give honor to all those to whom honor is due. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.